Welcome to Suju Made Podcast. Here we grab a shot of Suju, loosen up to discuss taboo topics within the Asian Western community, current and past cultural tea, personal stories, and overall life struggles as young developing adults. That's what father figures are like. Yeah. So it was something I held very close to heart. So even with his death, and you're a bit older now. Oh. Back then, mm-hmm. when he passed away, yeah, how did you deal with that when you knew he was gone essentially forever? It came as a huge shock because now I've dealt with it once before with the mom, yeah. So I understood what it meant. Like I knew what I was gonna see happen is that everything's gonna change and like there's going to be a big change in all of our lives, and I'm literally never seeing him again. <laughs> Now let's begin our episode. Before we get into it, let's take a shot of suju. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Cheers. Cheers. Oh my god, mm, that's so nice. That was good. Both my parents were working a lot, and because I came after my sister, yeah, they already had a lot on their plate. I would imagine we were we were three years apart, so my parents needed. A bit of extra help. They actually left me with a different family, and I essentially grew up with them. They were a big family. They already had kids of their own yeah. that were in their twenties at that time. How old were you when you moved in with this other? Oh, family? so young, like almost toddler, or maybe even before that. Like I'm not sure about the details or how the arrangements were made. Oh, really? It was made. that, that it young? Was, it was really young. And did your parents have like have a conversation before you moved in with this other family? If there was, I don't remember it because I was too young. But okay. I immediately understood that I was a part of this other family as well. So I had two families, except instead of feeling like I had double the attention and love, I felt like I had none. Why was that the case? Because some people would think like you still have your blood-related parents, but you also have this other whole family that you're staying with. Some people might see it as you have double the love. Yeah, I think it's a lot more complicated than just having people around you because as a child, I things were very different for me at home from my friends at preschool and then primary school and and onwards. And there were just a lot of things that I found quite hard to explain because having to explain it meant that I had to tell them my parents were too busy and I'm actually with a different family. When people share stories and talk about their moms, I think you can assume that they're talking about their mom. Yeah. Except for me, I had two moms, and sometimes I'd be referring to one, and sometimes it would be the other. So I only saw my parents on weekends. Weekends were very precious to me because I did feel like I wanted so badly to be a part of my biological parents' lives. Yeah. That I. Wanted tension, but I just felt like I deserved things that I couldn't get in other forms. These things I wanted spare change. I wanted ne- a new pair of earphones. Yeah. Then I'll just take whatever is lying around. Did you ever have a conversation with your blood-related parents? Like, why are you sending me away to this other family when you know you literally gave birth and this is? Yeah. No, I'm your I child. Thought, I thought about it all the time, but there was never a confrontation because. I was just too young for an actual confrontation. Like I would never ask them directly, "Why would you do this?" Yeah. But I would just express in very immature ways that I didn't want to go back on Sunday nights. 
Yeah, and how did you feel when you were living back at your other family? Well, it upset me, but I would understand that there was just no other way around it. It was just what had to happen because my parents had to work. That was one thing I always understood is that the reason why we have this arrangement is because mm. my parents are busy. Yeah. So that's another thing that I think has affected me a lot today is having irrational thoughts that I'm not worthy of people's time. Or just being very cautious about taking too much of people's time because mm. there's always something more important. In mm. my parents' case, it was work. Yeah, because they essentially wanted to keep working full time, and they had to yeah. to support you. But in order that to happen, was sending you to a whole different family to live with.、Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they felt like it was the right thing to do because they wanted to give me enough parental love,、mm. which I did get. But、I、not just, with them. <laughs> yeah, just not with them. So I kind of complicated it in my own head, and I think they ne- they they would have never seen it coming、yeah. that a child could twist it this much in her head. Yeah, that it would give me this many insecurities and anxiety、Growing、and、up. feeling like I wasn't important enough or I wasn't as wanted in. For them、my、to、family? stick by you, yeah. So I think a lot of it they couldn't have seen coming. So when did you like develop that family bond or relationship with your non-biological parents?、Or? Oh, like from as early as I can remember, they were always my mom and dad、mm. and my brothers, like for sure, because. All those experiences, all the milestones that you have as a kid,、yeah. when you first go to primary school and everything, like even small things like the first time you get punished by a teacher, or the first time you get praised for getting a good grade, that kind of thing, I go home to them, talk so, about it, like yeah, day. and they would be the ones who teach me things and like help me with my homework. So with those two like sets of parents or families, was it different? It was a little bit different because their parenting styles were different. The other reason why I craved so much for my biological parents was because I didn't spend every day with them, which means I didn't piss off my mom as much as I could have. Yeah, so she's she, only dealing with the weekend, you. <laughs> yeah, so she's not. Oh, which was also bad actually. She, oh, okay. There were a lot of times where I, she was yelling at me and I was crying and it was all drama, but. Still, even with that, she could just do a lot of fun things with me. Yeah, and my parents are a little bit younger than this than the parents of this family, so I also thought like, oh, my parents are younger and they're more cool. They know how to have fun, and I want to be with them more because yeah, because know, as a kid you want to have they fun. have fun. They、yeah. have fun and they're cool and they use computers and. My mom has the latest cell phone and all that kind of stuff. So it's、okay. su- it's really meaningless, superficial things that as a kid you you look at and think I want that. So basically, you saw your biological parents as like they're the young, hip, cool parents that、yeah. I want to be around. How did you feel towards your older parents, your other family?、Mm, because they were a little bit older, so、yeah. they're a little bit more traditional.、Mm. Um, the way that they would punish me. Was I think what you kind of the stereotype of Asian parents when they get mad they just yell and when they get mad it was not very healthy. Looking back at it now, what do you mean not healthy? Like for them or for you? Oh, for both parties because 
not that they were abusive in any way yeah. no they were super loving they were so loving but i think that any asian kid can relate and will can agree yeah. that our asian parents don't always express themselves in healthy ways when they get mad or when things don't go their way or when, when the kid have, starts acting out yeah they deal with it not in the best <laughs> not in the best not in the best way they they deal with it with i think intimidation sometimes yeah. yeah they kind of like shut you down instead of trying to talk about it yeah the way i see that situation is your biological parents who had you over the weekend obviously you're gonna have more fun with them it's your weekend yeah they're taking yep. you out to do activities together mm-hmm. but when you go back to your other parents they're the ones that have you over the weekday you're coming back from school you're tired you're acting out because yeah. you want the attention from your they had the worst side of me yeah so they're the ones that gave you that discipline they're the ones that you know gave you that structure of mm-hmm. how to be you know polite yeah. have manners exactly i would say everything about myself today that i'm proud of mm. i learned from them because they were there to deal with all all that Basically, crazy like, stuff. teach you and guide you yeah yeah that's that's the thing that as an adult you appreciate more obviously back then you're like oh i hate them so much yeah <laughs> you act out more because you're like angry and resenting them mm-hmm. i had so much resentment as a tiny child like you would never look at a child that small and think that they had any negativity but oh my god i had so much and yeah. they just got the worst of it was there a time where you really wanted to like question your parents and how they chose to raise you i think i've always thought about it in my head yeah but i don't want to open this can of worms i i don't want to rehash these things it's just not necessary i think because i understand that they did their best and this was the arrangement that they thought would be the most ideal for a young child yeah you said you have a sister like Mm -hmm. older sister yeah how did they choose to raise your biological sister she grew up with my biological parents because she was the first child so yeah I assume that they were excited and was ready. They prepared themselves to get really hands-on with this new child. And yeah, they just raised her the way a normal family would, would do it. And then when they went back to work, she would go to my aunt's place because my aunt's my aunt's place was just across the street okay. from my parents. So she went there after school. And then I know she also spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Mm. So there was always the question of why I couldn't have done that as well. Yeah, like why couldn't you just live with your biological parents and spend time with your aunt or grandparents when needed? Why was it needed for you to live with like a whole different family? That I'm not sure of, but I just think maybe it was because there was just too much on everybody's plate. The fact that my parents needed so much help with their first child and are now three years later, which isn't even a very long time to wait before you have another child. Now Mm -hmm. they're going to do that to my aunt again or, you know, it's just maybe they just wanted to seek external help um tell me like because we touched on a bit on last week when we discussed this how did your relationship end with your non-biological family how did that come about yeah so i was with family until i was 12 or 13 Mm. and that's like fifth or sixth grade yeah old enough old enough that my parents thought it's about time i went home and it's also around that time that my dad of that family passed 
the mom of that family also passed a bit, quite a bit earlier. How old were you when the mom passed? Um, really young. I think actually even before primary school, if I remember correctly, or maybe during primary school. I just remember a lot of times when I needed picking up from school. Yeah, she was normally the one who would come pick me up, but there was a period of time where she was sick a lot, so she couldn't come pick me up. Yeah. And one of the brothers would pick me up, or their girlfriends would come pick me up, or our domestic helper would come pick me up. Mm. And then eventually she passed, and I, I was, I can't really remember exactly when it was, but there were talks of me moving home after that because the mom's not there. Yeah, anymore. like what's the point? Like you know. But somehow, for some reason, we decided that I was gonna stay on, so mm. I stayed on until, um, the dad passed, and I moved home. So, like you, when you lost the mom, you you know you just saw the aftermath of what happens. Yeah. Did you feel anything towards that whole situation, or you just kind of repressed or ignored it? I would say because it was the first time losing someone, it was dealt with very healthily because I was still so young, so I wasn't tainted by the world, right? <laughs> not not that much yeah so it was like oh you lose someone you're sad you cry yeah and then you talk about them once in a while and it makes you sad you cry that was it like a very organic grieving process so it wasn't that bad but i did pay attention to how everyone else was acting Mm. And I did notice that people were putting in more effort to maybe spend time with me. Like I'm talking about the dad at the time and also um, the brothers. Yeah. They would spend more time with me, play with me. I think because they felt bad that... You were this young were, kid. Yeah. I was with their family because they had parents to take care of me. Yeah. But then now they lost their mom. And yeah. um, there was just this empty even emptiness even a mom you called like your own mom yeah so she was my mom she was definitely was my mom as well but it was very hard to be like it didn't feel like i was grieving the same way that they were obviously because i was really young yeah losing a mom at that age is different from losing a mom after you've had your entire life with her yeah because you really don't know how like what the impact is and yeah. You don't have her like all the way to when you're an adult and mm-hmm. all those memories. But yeah. at the same time, like you still have that feeling towards her as yeah. she's your mom. I definitely felt like I lost my mom. Even more so when the dad passed. Because that's when I, I've had more years with him. Yeah. And my best memories of him were actually after the mom passed. And like I said, I noticed how people changed. Yeah. And people were putting more effort into spending time with me or like doing things with me. So you had more quality time with him. I did. And also just because there were more years with him and I had a lot of like rebellious um I got in I got into a lot of trouble and he was the one who would discipline me or like give me live lessons. He would always randomly just tell me like, oh, we shouldn't do this as people. That's not the right thing to do. Or like, Mm. this is the right thing to do, you know. And he would tell me these things that I still remember today. That It's just really ingrained in me. Yeah, because that's something like my own dad does as well. Like, he's Mm. always giving me life lessons. That's what father father figures are like. Yeah. So it was something I held very close to heart. So even with his death, and you're a bit older now... 
back then mm-hmm. when he passed away yeah how did you deal with that when you knew he was gone essentially forever it came as a huge shock because i now i've dealt with it once before with the mom yeah so i understood what it meant like i knew what i was gonna see happen is that everything's gonna change and like there's going to be a big change in all of our lives and i'm literally never seeing him again which i knew the first time when the mom passed but because it's the first time and you're young i was young and also when i was first told she's she's passed and you're never gonna see her again i don't think i understood what it meant to never be able to see her again yeah but now that i understand what that means and my because you actually never saw her again i yeah and and then the dad passed it's like okay it's going to be the same the same this is what it means because it came as a shock everything was repressed i don't think i showed any emotions Mm. and everything went by so fast because this is fifth or sixth grade there was a lot to do in school a lot of studying to do a lot of catching up i wasn't the best student i didn't do very well so i had a lot to catch up on at school so you used all that other stuff to kind of ignore what was actually going on in the house in your household i think i ignored it i I really didn't really i didn't deal with it at all it went by very fast so he passed and then the funeral progression and everything it just flew by and i don't think i cried at all because his passing was very sudden Like it was he really wasn't sudden. like sick for a while and then passed. No, he wasn't. It was it was kind of like an accident. So yeah. everyone was really shocked and there was not much warning at all. I was also at the time old enough to think about how I want to present myself and how I want to react to things. Mm. It's like I, I've become a little bit more self-aware and self-conscious. Yeah. When I was younger, you, if you said you just cry. Yeah. But now it's like, do I want to cry? No, I won't cry. And I, I didn't cry. Because I don't want to show this emotion. I don't think it really sank in. So it's not that I didn't want to show it. It's that I didn't feel it. And also, I didn't feel it and I didn't want to come off like I'm weak. Even though it's not it's weak something at you, sh- all. you can cry about. Exactly. But I don't know what was going on in my head at that time. I was just a really complicated person, a mm-hmm. tiny person. So I just did not really deal with it until years later it would come up. Like I would think about it or I would just have regrets about the things that I've said or like how you act how yeah. I reacted yeah. and um not spending enough quality time with him and that kind of thing that definitely hit a lot harder because i just had so much more regrets this time around now you realize well actually they're both not coming back and yeah you, you wish you could have done better with them yeah. when you're living with them also i just feel like i've done so many more wrong things like so many more things to feel sorry for when they took care of you mm-hmm. so when he passed it, it hit really really hard and i think it really affected my studies from then on as well because i just couldn't focus on school not that i actively thought about him but it's just my overall well-being i think yeah i wasn't taking care of myself and i started feeling bad about myself in your mental state at that time yeah so i didn't realize at that time that it was because of any of these leftover emotions yeah but thinking back now i realized that the time that i did the worst in school and had no friends and fell out with friends Mm. and was really had a bad relationship with my family all of that happened around that same time so 
Looking back now, I realize it. That definitely was the biggest catalyst mm. for my detriment from then on. You know, the downfall. So, yeah, of you when you were a kid. How do you think that shaped you now, and how did you deal with it? You know, as an adult growing up, I've learned to be very self-sufficient.、Mm. And there were long periods of time in my childhood where I spent it alone, or maybe not physically alone, but even when I had people with me. I felt very alone. There were things that I was confused about that I didn't even know I was confused about, so I never communicated them.、Mm. A lot of complicated feelings I didn't know were not normal as a kid, and I would even actively perform immaturity because I felt like this is what a kid should be, and I shouldn't be having these thoughts. Yeah. So I would hide these complicated thoughts and perform immaturity. To be more like a kid, because you were feeling things that most adults feel now. Depressed, yeah, exactly. So anxious. because I've been through all that when I was a lot younger. Right now, I think I would say that that's made me a lot more self-sufficient and a lot more. Because you had to grow up at a young age.、Mm-hmm. I think I definitely view things a little bit differently, like how I form relationships, how I handle relationships, and how I view. The place that other people have in my life,、mm. like nothing's permanent. So I guess if you're asking how it's shaped the person I've become, I think it's independence and just learning to rely on myself.、Mm. Everything else was I wouldn't say went away, but I dealt with it very healthily. I think once、yeah. I started seeing that I really got the love that I wanted, like this whole time I actually had it. So the feelings I had towards my parents are okay. Like I don't even actively think too much about them, and I don't think about confronting them、mm. or anything like that. It's kind of just a, a chapter closed, and maybe it sounds really avoidant, but it really is a chapter closed that I don't think they want to revisit either because they might not even know like the amount of、um, internal turmoil that I went through. Yeah, and these thoughts that I had about them. I think it would really hurt them to find out that I once hated them so much, and that it's damaged me so much. Like, I don't think any parent would like hearing that. Yeah, especially if they thought they were doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. As a parent, I was telling you how someone's behavior kind of irked me because they needed a lot of attention. attention yeah, and you pointed out that maybe I feel this way because of my own experience. Because you're also independent, yeah. So now I feel like if I didn't get that kind of attention and love, then why do you think you should? And especially because this person is a grown up, yeah. That like maybe you, you project your to, own. Yeah, I feel like you need to learn how to deal with your own issues and not be this needy.、Mm. But that's really just me projecting what you didn't have and how you are、yeah. right now. Like I just find it. it a little bit like everyone should be independent just because I was forced to. Mm. Which I know is not right. No, I think、yeah. that's valid reason because at a, such a young age, where you need that whole family structure and the supports, emotional supports, you really need that as a child. Like you need to able to like rely on something,、mm-hmm. and for you to be like forced to grow up and really deal with these, you know, tough emotions by yourself, it's obviously like you would have some, you know, thoughts around. Yeah, I think that maybe it sounds. It, it seems really ridiculous here. When、It does seem a little bit ridiculous to me. You know what's really、um, 
hard for me to admit is that even when people tell me they've lost someone and that they're grieving yeah sometimes i just feel like you don't have reason to be this sad it's bad like i i i'm fully aware of it i can empathize but i also feel like like if you don't have as many, that many regrets and you're not losing someone who is your sole provider like if you as i'm talking about like mm. grown-ups obviously mm. like if someone my age or older is dealing with a loss of a loved one but they're not dependent on them and they're like struggling to deal with that death yeah and if it was a very wholesome relationship where no there are no regrets you didn't do you didn't do them wrong they didn't do you wrong and i sometimes struggle to sympathize understand why they're so distraught yeah distraught is the word why are you so distraught because death is the most natural thing it happens to everyone and it's going to happen to you and your loved ones too you should have seen it coming like why are you so surprised i think that's one and I'm, i'm saying this as i'm acknowledging that this is something that's I have observed in myself that I know is a result of my experiences when I was younger and it's not good like I'm not proud of my lack of sympathy obviously but that's how I feel sometimes okay (laughs) (laughs) it's I know it's bad no it's it's really interesting like your point of view on death now because you were (laughs) exposed to that in your other parents at such Mm -hmm. a young age you have normalized it and you've come to terms with what death is and it's just part of life yeah but i think for someone like me i haven't been around death like you have so my view on death is and my reaction to death will be so different to you how you see it Mm -hmm. and that's understandable but i do think there needs to be a change as how people culturally in in society yeah how we discuss death and how we view it Hmm. if my child was exposed to death at such a young age i would worry oh my god like they're gonna have so many like traumas or these emotions they have to deal with now but for you it sounds like you actually put a light on it and kind of normalized it and it's part of life you've accepted that i feel like my story is a little bit more of like a happy ending kind of story where i turned out okay but I don't think that's necessarily going to happen to everyone. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. But on your situation. Because I can, I, looking back on my past, I can see so many forks in the road where I could have taken a wrong turn and yeah. became a completely different person. Mm. But yeah, I'm, I've just managed to get to where I am today. So I'm glad, but also oh, it was rough. Um, so yeah, I just want to go on a Reddit post yeah and read a situation around the topic on family and we'll give our own input on it so this is on the sub reddit called am i the asshole i love that (laughs) and the title is announcing that my birth parents abandoned me and potentially damaging their reputation question mark so this person's saying he's got to keep some details vague so i'm a person in my teens and have some birth defects and was adopted at a very young age last week it was broken to me that my birth parents are actually my adoptive parents distant cousins they gave me away for adoption and now married and has a son my biological brother who had no idea that i existed i have actually met their the family twice during big family gatherings at my grandfather's house and had no idea who they were 
I guess it was just kept a secret too, because nobody among the relatives talked about it. Just out of curiosity, I looked up their contact details and messaged my birth mother. I love my adoptive parents, but I want to know my biological family a little bit more, especially my brother. He's 11 years old now, not that far from me. She asked me to not message or try contact her family before blocking me. I tried messaging my birth father and he took very long to reply me. He was more patient and explained to me that he wants me to put my focus on my adoptive parents and we are all better off without each other. When I asked to talk to him face to face, he blocked me too. This just makes me so angry. They are not divorced or child free, but they just gave me up for adoption. Is it because of my birth defects? I looked up into social media and saw those two had quite some reputation as public servants. I sent emails with my pictures attached to their workplace and on social media and announced that I am their kid. Take a good look at me because this nice couple just gave me up. Who knows, maybe they will even get get into local news. I admit it, I did it without consideration and it may affect the job. My brothers too. Thought I felt like if they had at least tried to talk to me nicely about it, I may have not done that. What's your opinion? Wow, that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. I think firstly, okay, let's clarify. So this person found out that his parents, that he's always known to be his parents, are actually not his real parents. Mm. And his real parents are... Actually, they're cousins, distant cousins, and he's met them. In family gatherings. So they've actually met, and they've all just pretended to not know, or or just pretended this thing is not a thing. Yeah. I think... Yeah. (laughs) I think it's very common that adopted kids wonder why they were given up for adoption, and where their biological parents are first of all do you think he was right to do that (laughs) to ruin their reputation send it to their workplace i think it's wrong i think it's really wrong i don't think there's any reason to do that honestly i would fuck them up (laughs) but that's if you strongly believe that the only reason they gave you up for adoption is because they did not want to have a kid with birth defects yeah i would fuck them up I would fuck them up. Oh my god. It doesn't matter if your child has birth defects. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you choose to have a kid, you can't decide how they turn out or what they look. You, you make okay, that choice. Okay, so when he said he has a birth defect. Maybe, like, face. It could be, like, a facial yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like, or like, But it's tra- not clear if he needed extra medical help. Yeah, but because his, then it's his parents are married. They're still together. They have good jobs, and they have a child of their own as well. That's not far from his own age. So he thinks shortly after they just wanted to have another. Yeah, kid. they just wanted to have a normal kid that looks normal, and they gave their son to their distant cousins. I would do way more than that. <laughs> I would report them. I would get a news reporter and like okay yeah well i would say that's wrong but i might do the same if i'm sure that the only reason they didn't want me was because of my birth defect if that's i mean the what only the reasons reason. would be? well yeah i'm just trying to consider that 
were there extra medical costs that they couldn't bear at that time? Because he's looking at them now and he's seeing that they have decent jobs and they have a healthy child around his age. So they look really privileged and capable of mm. keep of having a child. But what if it wasn't the case at that time? What if they had more things to deal with? That's if they were struggling. But if, if that was the case, why couldn't they just tell him? When he reached out to them, yeah, I think that's what I'm. Instead of just, blocking. I don't really like about the story is that if he's reached out and as a grown up talking to a child that's just begging you for some answers, I don't understand why they would just turn him away. I definitely understand his anger and I understand why he anger. did it, but I get where you're coming from. The way he, yeah, the way he did it was probably not the best reaction. Mm-hmm. I mean. What can you do though? <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like looking at the big picture, are they really going to get in trouble? I don't think they'll get in much trouble. Well, it definitely looks bad on them. It looks bad on them, but is it going to cost them their job or anything? I think that's what he's hoping for. He's hoping for that. But I think reality is that if they are really privileged and they, you know, on the, on the surface look like they're this really nice couple what did he say they were doing like public service or something yeah yeah so they look good on the outside i don't think it's really going to do that much damage the fact that they actively know that that's their son and they just ignore that fact at family gatherings have no feelings towards him they could even block him if he wants to just literally just have a conversation with them like they could owe him that much for giving birth to him i think they do owe him that much i just think a child is not just an accessory you can just have (laughs) they're a human being they have emotions it's just as complex as yours Mm -hmm. maybe it's just easier for me to say this or because i'm privileged or you know i don't have a child of my own yet but if you choose to have a kid that's a big responsibility you just can't throw it, it away is. which is why i always talk about how like what a major life decision it is if you decide to have a child it's not it shouldn't just be like a natural thing that is a part of everyone's life progression it's like mm. oh you're gonna get married and you're gonna have a child like it's a given like it's your human right like well yes it's your human right but you have to consider what you're going to do if things go wrong like if this child is born with a disability that's going to cost you a lot of money or is going to give you a lot of emotional and psychological pain and it's not going to be your perfect picture of what a family is going to be like. It's not going to be your dream family mm. because you don't know what this child's going to come out like. like. Yeah. yeah, you just don't know. So if unless you're ready for that, unless you can imagine every possible scenario and still want it, I don't think you should, you should do it otherwise. If you were him, how would you react? What would you do? In theory, I would say let it go. They don't deserve any more of your time. Like you don't want to think about them anymore. You don't want to have any control over you because you know that they're assholes. But I think it's a lot more than that because it's very common for adopted children to wonder about their biological parents, right? And it's mm. not it's not because they don't think of their adoptive parents as their real parents. It's because you cannot help but wonder why you weren't wanted 
Mm. Like, I think that does a lot of damage to your self-esteem and just your sense of self. Like, who am I? Why? Why do they not want me? Like, what went wrong? And, you know, how are they now? And if they have a child now, why is that child okay? And why wasn't I okay? You know? Yeah. And it's all these questions that will stick with them I think for the rest of their lives unless they get answers and that's why a lot of adopted kids search for these answers even though from the outside you would say it doesn't matter like you have your parents your adoptive parents are your real parents because you know blood is not always thicker than water but I think it's more for himself that he wants to find these answers so that he can move on and I think he deserves those answers yeah I think I would, instead of sending a picture of my face, like my, you know, defects of my face to their workplace, I think that would hurt his brother, biological brother, because then if they go out of work, how they got to feed his brother. I think I would send them shit. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like a bad, bad prank? Not even as like a prank, just send them shit every day. Or whenever just it comes make their out. lives miserable. It's it's not a harmful to his brother, but it's it's <laughs> it's something to satisfy you. You know, like they and not flex talk. your creativity. They throw him basically away. That's what he's feeling. He needs yeah. some answers from them. They're not mm-hmm. giving that to but him. But I wonder why he didn't talk to his adoptive parents about it. Since these are the people who raised him and love him like their own child. Maybe he feels like the questions he has are, will only be answered from his biological parents. Maybe his, par- his adoptive parents right now won't even tell the truth. Because he just found out mm-hmm. that he's adopted. <laughs> yeah. Well, did he say his biological brother was 11? Yeah. And he's close in age. Close in age, yeah. So we can assume that he's a teenager. Yeah. Or not even a teenager yet, like a tween, right? So I don't blame him for reacting in this way and doing these things. I think there's definitely better, there are definitely better ways to handle it. And if he really wanted answers more than anything, there's a lot more digging he could have done before he resorted to that. But considering his age, I think that's, that's what you get. I think the grown-ups should have seen it coming. He's asking you for answers and you don't want to give it to him. Well, this is what he's going to do because he's a teenage boy with a lot of angst. I don't know if, you, if it's even the teenage age. I think it's just a lot of It's anger. not, but at that age, you, you want just... want revenge. You want to let it out on them. Yeah, you're not old enough yet to... You haven't learned to let things go and you haven't learned to handle things in the best, most effective way. You kind of just get these ideas and you act on them immediately Mm. so yeah that's what i mean it's just this is just what you're gonna get from a younger person it's not a long well thought out process of trying to communicate so you would just not give them the time and energy i mean i say that but if i was in that position i probably would do something similar like i would want to ruin their lives because i would How feel would like I don't know, but I would feel like they've ruined mine. So I would maybe go as far as to ruin my brother's life because if they didn't want me as a child and they wanted this boy as a child, I'm gonna show them how this boy can also be fucked up. You know? 
Can I take that you back? You go for his that's brother. That's nasty. That's so... That's horrible. I think an innocent 11-year-old boy who doesn't, doesn't even know I exist. No, 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 no. Like, I wouldn't do that. I think I'll go for his parents and try to leave his um, brother out. But if you talk about a real, like, super villain-esque kind of revenge, that's what you would do. Yeah. Because the reason they imagined this boy is because they wanted someone with no defect. Yeah. So the really messed up thing to do is to cause a defect and now your only child that you love also has a defect so what are you gonna do now you're gonna throw him away <laughs> so you 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 try to get that point across and that would be the point to get across it would really hurt them i think but but no please don't nobody listen to this and go that route that's bad that's just so sad when your own parents like just give you away mm-hmm. and you know it's not something like or because they're drug addicts or they really couldn't take care of you. Like, yeah. When you find out they have a job and they already have a son and the only reason you can come up with it is because of your birth defects. Mm-hmm. That's so shit. It is. That's really rough. So I just want to say thanks, Rachel, for coming on. and Thanks talking for about having your- me. <laughs> yeah, talking about your own experience. I really enjoyed your own point of view. Yeah, it's it's interesting just hearing other people and the way their family was structured, mm-hmm. and, and it just gives you a, like an insight on not everyone has the same upbringing as you. Yeah, and, and I feel like anyone can benefit from a family story because no matter how different your upbringing was, I think we've all we all deal with a lot of unpredictable circumstance yeah when it comes to family like you've been hurt by family just a lot of complicated feelings towards family and i think we can all relate to that thank you everyone for listening i'll see you on our next episode